2nd Corinthians 5.17. Let's read together. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us all turn to him in prayer. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we gather giving you thanks for safe journey to thy house, for protecting and keeping us through the week that we may come to worship you today. We pray that you cleanse us and wash us of all our sins. Lord, be merciful, be long-suffering, and Lord, we do pray that as we are shown our sins, we will constantly repent and bear the fruit of repentance. Be in our midst now, we pray that you, Lord, grant to us not just understanding of your word, but Lord, the convictions, the stirring of the heart to live it out. Father, we pray that you remove every distracting thoughts and be in our midst to establish thy church and thy people. We ask and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Assurance of salvation. Now, we learned in the previous chapter about, well, how to be saved. How to be saved. The new birth. The new birth. The new birth is a Christian being a new creature in Christ altogether. How to have this new birth? The Christian must realize that you must put away all your preconceived ideas, like Nicodemus, about how to be saved. Like a newborn babe all over again. No matter how convinced you are about being good, being a good Christian can save you, you must erase that. You cannot be any better a worshipper of God, more obedient to God than Nicodemus when it comes to his commandments. He was a Pharisee. It is all about salvation by grace, trusting in him, coming to him, pleading for forgiveness. Have you done that? Have you done that? And thereafter, have the assurance of salvation. Now, what is the assurance of salvation? Now, if you turn to page 85, what is meant by assurance of salvation? Now, it is the believer's firm conviction that by faith, now you must underline that word, assurance is something, it is not about feeling, it's not about your own thinking, but it is faith. Faith in what? Faith that Christ, that in Christ you have been saved. Number one. In Christ you have been saved, not in your good works, not in coming to church, but in Christ you have been saved and will be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning what? Meaning you will not lose your salvation if you are genuinely saved. In the first place, till you meet Christ, you will not fall away. You will not. Now, this blameless, blameless does not mean that you become sinless, all right? Blameless means you will not fall away in denying Christ. You will be blameless. You will always believe in Christ. You will always trust in Him. You will always take Him as your God, your Savior, and you will always want to obey Him, want to obey Him, not you will obey Him perfectly. You will be like that till, Christ, till you meet Christ. You won't deny him and leave the Christian faith. 
So that is the assurance of salvation. Meaning to say, once saved, always saved. You must remember that. There are many Christians today who do not believe in that. They believe that, well, you can be saved and then you can lose your salvation. Why is it not true? You see, because many Christians feel and they think, now, how can someone actually commit adultery and be saved? How can someone commit murder and be saved? It's not possible. The person who does that must, be, must lose his salvation. That's the thinking of men. Now, let me ask you, what is the problem with that? Um, Aaron, what's the problem with that thinking? That, yeah, you can be saved, but, you know, if you commit a terrible sin, you, you should lose your salvation at that point, at least. What's the problem with that thinking? It means that salvation... It means salvation can be revoked, yes, yes. But it means salvation is by what? By works. We already say that salvation, God makes it very clear. Salvation is by faith. Putting our faith in the grace. God graciously forgive us when we ask Him to forgive us. There is this change of mind. I do not want this sin anymore. Doesn't mean you will not ever sin. Think of David. Did he not commit adultery? Think of David. Did he not commit murder? Now, I'm not saying that a Christian should go out and commit adultery and commit murder. But David was, David was always saved. When he said, take not the Holy Spirit from me, we study it next week. What, um, the next chapter, what does it mean? It was about the filling of the Holy Spirit. He, that we are sealed. The Bible says you are sealed with the Holy Ghost. What does sealed mean? means the stamp is permanent. But being sealed with the Holy Ghost, that is still the feeling. We'll study more of that. Salvation, if you are genuinely saved, you will not lose it. But there are consequences for sin. Do not think there are no consequences. All right? Now then we have to ask ourselves, how do we know that? Look at page 85. Page 85. Now let's read John 10, 28 to 29. Reading. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no one is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now, this is the proof in scriptures. If people ask you as a Christian, how, why do you believe that if a person is saved, he's always saved? Because God promised and said that they shall never. So if you commit sin at that point and you die, God says you shall never perish. You shall never perish. And not only that, Christ said, no one can pluck your soul out of my hand. But the double assurance is, no one can pluck them out of my Father's hand. This is a double assurance. 
Christ is the infinite, all-powerful, almighty God. The Father also, double assurance. Now, then how do you explain? How do you explain? Some Christians, they are Sunday school teachers, even pastors. One day say, I do not believe in Jesus Christ anymore. It's all a fable. How do you explain some who have been wonderful Christians that you looked up to? One day, depart from Christianity and is denied the Lord Jesus Christ and is living with the people of the world. How do you explain that? Thomas, how do you explain that? They were never saved in the first place. You see, the fact that there are people who became like that doesn't mean that what God says is not true. What God says is always true. What God promises is always true. Let God be true and every man a liar. The first place when they say, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in the doctrine of salvation by faith, they are a liar. They were never saved in the first place. They can say everything with their mouth. They can do everything in their life, but in their hearts, they were never, ever truly saved. That is the explanation. Do not change God's word and God's promises because we see some things happen to wonderful Christians. Can someone be very wonderful and it's actually not true? Of course. Of course. The disciples never suspected that Judas was not saved. Think, Judas walked with Christ. Judas ate and was taught directly by Christ. Judas served with Christ. Judas said and did everything that looked like he was one of the 12 apostles. Is it possible that a person who is directly being taught by Christ, walk with him, serve with him, yet not saved? Judas was never saved in the first place. All right? So, no, salvation, once saved, always saved, is a biblical doctrine. Now, then, turn back to the first page. So, that is the assurance of salvation. But the very big question is this. Are you truly saved? You must be very clear. Why is it that in this church, week after week, year after year, month after month, whenever there are opportunities, we keep reiterating, are you truly saved? Have you truly come to Christ and confessed your sin and acknowledged that you cannot be saved by any other means and Jesus Christ is the only living and true God and you beg Him to save you? because you want to turn away from your sins. Have you really done that? Or are you still trusting in being a good Christian, doing what Christians do, and think it's just another religion and you can go to heaven? Now, what is salvation? So we talked about this. All right? We talked about this. Now, this is a certain point. At a certain point, you get saved. You turn to Christ. A genuine turning to Christ and turning away from your sin, asking Him to forgive you. All right? Now, till the day you meet Christ, you are saved. But what is the word salvation? Christian must be very clear. 
Because most people think that salvation is this point. This point. The day you turn to Christ and ask Him to save you, oh, that is my salvation. Well, that is true. Now, the word salvation simply means saved. Saved from some things. Saved. That's all. All right? Now, this is being saved so you will go to heaven. This is being saved from the penalty of sin. Remember that. You will no longer bear the penalty of sin. They shall never perish. means you will never end up in hell. The penalty of sin is eternity in hell. So at that point, you have salvation. But the word salvation, as used in Scripture, is not limited to this only. The Christian must be very clear because it simply means saved. Now, this is saved from the penalty of sin. So one is saved from the penalty of sin. Now, salvation is also about being saved from the power of sin. What do I mean by that? Now, God says that in Christ we can do all things, that we can overcome all things. Meaning to say, a Christian before he was saved, now he has no desire to overcome sin, to turn away from sin. Neither does he have the power. That is why he keeps going back to sin. He can keep telling him to repent. He's not interested. And even if he want to, he cannot. But until you are saved, that when the Holy Spirit begins his relationship with you, his indwelling in you, then you have that ability to overcome sin. That is why no Christian can ever say, ah, I can never overcome this sin. Because many think that salvation means saved and going to heaven, that's all. No, God says salvation means I saved you from the penalty of sin and I have also saved you from the power of sin. You can overcome any sin in your life. You can. God is not saying you can be sinless. But there is no sin that, you, that a Christian can say, this, I am overpowered by this and I will never till the day I die be able to overcome it. Whatever secret sin that is. Because of the failure to understand that salvation in the Bible means deliverance from the power of sin also. Many Christians live resigned and defeated life. Until you meet Christ. Until you meet Christ. Whether you die before Christ returns or whether Christ returns today or tomorrow or next month and you meet Him until then. Now, this is called a life of sanctification. Life of sanctification. Now, at this point of salvation, you are in position, positionally sanctified. Positionally sanctified. Means your position in Christ. That is why God says in Christ. In Christ in that position, you are absolutely ready for salvation. You have become, because of the new birth, you have become a child of Christ. You have become a citizen of heaven. Become, not becoming. At the point of being saved from the penalty of sin, when you turn to Christ for forgiveness, you immediately become a citizen of heaven. And it's permanent. Position in Christ makes you immediately, immediately worthy for heaven. Now, but 
there is also the progressive sanctification where you are saved from the power of sin. You do not become sinless until you meet Christ. All right? So this period on earth, immediately after you are saved, there is another kind of sanctification which is called progressive sanctification. Now, why is it important to understand this? Because if you think that assurance of salvation simply means I'm assured that I can go to heaven and you neglect this whole part, what happened is the Christian simply think the most important thing about salvation is going to heaven, then this whole part is neglected. This whole part is ignored. The majority of the Bible is written. The majority of the Bible is written for this part. Your salvation from the power of sin. Every commandment given, every instruction given, every do, every don't, is all about progressive sanctification. You must know that. The Bible introduces how to be saved. And it's subtle. The rest of the time, God's focus is your progressive sanctification because you have been saved from the power of sin. This is the key intent of God for saving you and leaving you on earth. Because you are positionally ready. Why not take you to heaven? Because of your testimony on earth to reflect Christ, to draw people to Christ, to be used of God. And this part is the part where the Christian, if you think salvation is only about this, neglect and fail. Satan knows he cannot touch your salvation because God already said he will never perish. No one can pluck him out of my hand and my father's hand. Satan knows scriptures better than you and I. He knows that. He cannot touch this part. But he knows what he can try and defeat you in and make you fail in is not lose your salvation because it's permanent, but ignore, neglect, not know about being saved from the power of sin and therefore live a life of failure on earth. Fail the reason why God leave you on earth. So Christian, yes, salvation by grace, eternal, eternally saved to go to heaven is important. But that is just the beginning of what is important. Salvation, key focus for the believer is the progressive sanctification part. All right? Now, turn why is this, or maybe I try to illustrate it this way, okay? People can't get their mind around this, all right? They say, if, if I am, how can I, be, how can I be now clean and ready for heaven? All right, you think, maybe I ask you. Because every time I meet a new Christian or uh, someone who claims to be a Christian, whether it's outside church or in church, I will ask them, are you sure? Are you sure you will go to heaven? The answer is always, well, I hope so. I say, why do you hope so? I hope I have been good enough a Christian. Well, based on my life now, I am not sure. I don't think I will go to heaven. Because in their mind, if my life is like that, how can I go to heaven? And even for some mature Christian, you ask him, are you sure you will go to heaven? 
they, they dare not say this because they're not clear. You must be clear today. That is why we have BBK. You must be clear. Why are they not clear? Because they say, well, if, if, if I am positionally ready to go to heaven, then how can it be that I am not sinlessly perfect? You see, to them, I need to be progressively more and more holy, right? I need to be progressively more and more holy, and one day I'll meet God. But they mix these two parts up. But there is a gap here. There's a gap here. So they think that positionally, I'm not ready yet. I hope that I'll be good enough, then, then at one point, I'll be ready. How can a person be positionally ready, but yet not perfect? Because to go to heaven, you need to be perfect, correct? So they cannot reconcile this. If I am perfect enough to go to heaven, but yet God tells me I'm not perfect yet. So let me ask you, how do you reconcile that? CJ, all right, CJ, you look very puzzled. Yes, so now I ask you, think about this. So CJ, you are ready. If you die now and you're truly saved, you have turned to Christ genuinely, sincerely. You're truly saved. You are perfect in God's eyes and you can be in heaven. You must be perfect to be in heaven, right? But yet, you are not perfect. You need to be progressively sanctified. How do you reconcile that, CJ? I don't know. So you can't be sure of your salvation, correct? Yes, that's true. Now, CJ is very honest. He say it out. But maybe some of us, we are still puzzled and we dare not say it. And we go home still worrying. This is how you must think. God uses the word born again. Born again. A new birth. God uses citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. We studied that, right? You are born, and God says you become a child of God. That's why you call it my father. And God says you are my child. You are born into the family, into the kingdom of God, and you have become a child of God. When you say I'm positionally, in Christ, what it means that you have the new birth and now you are a child of God, a citizen of heaven. That position is fixed. Just like one day in your life, you were born into your family and you became a part of your family and you are forever a child of your family, your father. Forever that. That is why it's called positional. Positionally, you are in Christ. You are part of this family. Now, let me ask you, you are born into this family. And then the rest of your time on earth, on earth what are you trying to live up to? You're trying to live up to the name of your family. You do not want to shame the name of your family. You do not want to fail your father. You do not want to disappoint your father. Does it mean that when you disappoint your father, when you fail your father, you lose your position? You do not lose your position as his child. 
But it doesn't mean you are a perfect child. Understand that this position makes us immediately ready. You are already. That is why last week we say our citizenship is in heaven. Is in heaven, right? Our conversation is. The word is, I explained to you, is not the normal verb is. All right? In Greek, it is a word that is used to describe has already happened, is assured, is confirmed. All right? That is the word is used. Is assured, is assured, is confirmed, is done already. You are part of this family. So, Christian, do not mix this up. Now, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. What is the problem when the Christian is not clear about salvation? The Christians had this problem. And Paul, I believe Paul is the writer of Hebrews, used by God. He wrote this, Hebrews chapter 6. Now, if the child of God is not assured of his salvation, what will happen? What will happen? Now, Hebrews chapter 6 now, let us read verses 1 to 3. Verses 1 to 3. Reading. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and the laying of hands and of resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if... God permits. Now, what is he writing to the Christians about? Look at verse, verse 1. He said, now, you need to leave. You need to leave the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Hey, hang on. So he said, don't study about BBK anymore. Don't, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't study about Christ, who he is, why he needs to come to earth. And he said, not laying at the foundation of repentance. Don't preach repentance. Don't talk to me about repentance anymore. Don't talk to me about um, baptism. Don't talk to me about resurrection of the dead. We studied all this. Don't talk to me about eternal judgment. We've been studying all this. He's saying, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's lay these things aside. No, what he's saying is this. The context is found in verse chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. Let's read together 11 to 14. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles. Now, what is he saying? He said now that many Christians, they are not sure of their salvation. They are always asking, hey, you know, can you tell me about the doctrine of Christ? Hey, you know, what about repentance? Uh, you know, does baptism save? You know, um, what about resurrection? They keep hearing and they keep asking and they are not sure of their salvation. Look up here. They are not sure of their salvation and they have to keep going back to this. As a result, Paul said, now it is time to leave these things aside and let us go on to perfection. What is he saying? Perfection is this part. Maturity. We need to start to mature. 
But many of you, because you're not sure of your salvation, you keep staying at this part. The Bible and God's aim is not to keep talking about your salvation from the penalty of sin. You must, at one point, be clear, be saved, and please go on to perfection. Many are like that, especially the elderly. They do not, they're not clear of their salvation. They may be holding on to many old ideas. And then it is always about this. You talk to them about this. They cannot understand, neither are they interested because they feel that I'm not even sure if I'm saved. You see, that is the ploy of Satan. If he can make you not sure of your salvation, you will not be interested in doctrines that bring you on to perfection. So you must be sure. So teens, everyone, being sure of your salvation is not so that, I, so that one day when I wake up from death, I'm very sure I'm in heaven. It is not about that. Yes, that is just the beginning. Being sure of your salvation is so that you can leave all this fundamental principle about your salvation. And we're not saying that you don't study it anymore. The more you study, the clearer you are about your salvation. Not the clearer you are about how to be saved, but you're clearer about, about your salvation. That's why you keep studying. But it's time to leave this thing and focus on things that will help you to grow. All right? So assurance of salvation is very important. Why are there many weak, defeated Christians who are not really very interested in coming to church and in learning and in, and in living a godly life? Two reasons. Not sure of salvation is number one. Number two, sure of salvation and think that the Bible is all about this part. It's all about this, that's all. No, the Bible is always about this. Remember that. So the assurance of salvation, what is it? It is the assurance of deliverance. Look at BBK book, page 79. The deliverance from the penalty and the power of sin. Know that. Understand that. Now then, you move to page 80. Now this assurance of salvation, what is really salvation? Look up here. All right. Now, salvation, this is being saved from, right? Saved from power, a penalty, and power of sin. Power of sin. So, there are actually three phases. Our salvation is not complete. You say, hang on, pastor, Christ said it is finished. What do you mean say it's not complete? Christ said the, fin the work of salvation to save you is finished. Completed. The work to complete in order that your salvation can be sure is completed. That is what Christ is saying. In the Bible, salvation is not complete until when? So one point, turning to Christ, say from penalty of sin. Then, on, then it begins this phase, which is say from the power of sin. So all this walk in Christ is to become more and more like the citizen that you should be. Just like you are born into this family, then the rest of your life you say, I do not want to shame my family. I do not want to embarrass my father and disappoint him in life. All right? Now, is it complete then? No. Salvation, our salvation is, to, is full, realized and complete. So this is called the point of justification. At this point, the Christian is justified. You are already 
made a child of God, you're justified. No sin can be held against you. You're justified. Now, so this justification, then this is sanctification. Sanctification. And then, now there is, now if you look at BBK books, there's justification, right? Point number four. Now, point number five. Now, then there is glorification. Glorification. When you meet Christ, and especially when your body is when you're given the glorified body. But like when you leave earth now, like some of you who have read by the bulletin by now, Uncle Kun Xiong has gone to be with the Lord, right? He's gone to be with the Lord. Now, then this is on, on Friday, right? He has gone very often in the bulletin, we put um, gone home to glory, Right, gone home to glory, or in the uh, um, in the booklet for the funeral service, gone home to be in glory. Now that is the glorification. Then there is the glorious body. So when the soul you have gone to glory with Christ to be in the glorious presence of Christ. Now one day the physical body will come together. All right. So this will be the glorious body. That is the final state of the completion of salvation. So when we talk about salvation. It is fully realized at this plot. The work is done here, completed. When Christ died, completed. Your salvation work is completed. But your salvation is fully realized at this point. All right? So what you're trying to always do is live as close to this final state as possible on earth. That is what the life is about. It is not just to be saved and that is it after salvation, is to be as close. You say, I want to be Christ-like. That is what it is. Conform to the image of Christ. That is what it is. You do not need to conform to the image of Christ at this state because you'll be given that image. You'll be perfect. This is the part, conforming to the image of Christ. All right, so the Christian must be clear about that. If you're truly saved, this is what you need to focus on, being saved from the power of of sin. So, this is the meaning of salvation, assurance of salvation in heaven. But are you assured of your justification? You cannot do anything to justify yourself. You can only ask God to justify you. And after that, live an obedient life to show the world who Christ is. All right? Assurance of salvation. Now, then let us look at page 81. So, page 81, uh, page 81, look, it says, right? At salvation, we are reconciled with God. We become the children of God. Now, let's read point E together. But as many as received him, to them he gave the, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Now, this is this point. You become the sons of God. You become the sons of God. All right? Now, then, you look at page 81. Now, the continuing work of God, sanctification. Now, here we must learn this, all right? Sanctification. Now, look at page 82. Please turn to page 82. Second paragraph, all right? Somewhere in the middle. For God's saving grace and power continue to be operative in the believer's life. Operative in the believer's life. Now, do you remember that Paul, we studied in Philippians? Why don't we quickly turn to Philippians? What did Paul say in Philippians?
Okay, now, Philippines. Now, Paul wanted to remind them and make sure that they do not, they do not have any mistake, mistaken thinking of their salvation. All right, look at verse 27. Chapter 1, verse 27. Now, I say, only let your conversation be as, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ. So, what is the gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ is not just about how to be saved. Let your conversation be, conversation means your life, your living, your lifestyle, becometh the gospel of Christ. Meaning to say, your, what Christ say about the Christian life, that is the gospel. Let it become that. All the while, more and more, reflecting that. That is what the Christian must realize and never forget. Right? Now, so with that, if you turn back to your BBK books, all right, now look at First Peter, the third, the third paragraph, First Peter 1.5, let's read together. Now, we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, the Bible tells us we are kept, we are kept by the power of God. So this sanctification part, you will never lose your salvation because you're kept by the power of God. Now, Paul also reminded us, make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, you will never fall. You see, if we are sure about this part, we will never fall. We will never fall. Because not only are you sure, then you will start to grow, you will start to pursue Christ. When you fall, you will repent and you will keep asking God to help you. You can you can become more and more sanctified. You can. Because it's the power of God. It's not your power. If it's your power, if it's my power, forget it. Forget it. But the Bible tells us it's the power of God. Salvation is the power of God delivering you from the power of sin. Which is more powerful? The power of God or the power of sin? Kept by the power of God. By faith. The important thing to remember is this. If any of you, well, you're sure of your salvation, but you still think, I can never be like the Apostle Paul in my life on earth. It is a deception of Satan that he exactly wants you to think that salvation is not about God will enable you to become more and more Christ-like. Do you believe that one day before you die, throughout your life, you can really live a life like Apostle Paul? That kind of holiness, that kind of commitment, that kind of sacrifice for Christ. Many of us think we cannot. Satan wants you, think, wants you to think that. Exactly that. Every single one of us are kept by the power of God. Not just for full-time workers. Every single one of us. Now turn to page 83. All right, so this is the deliverance from the power of Sin. And then the final glorification, page 83, I've mentioned that. You go back and read it. All right? Now, turn to page 88. Page 88. All right? Now, let us read 
um, the verse that is Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, can you see? Hebrews 7. But this man, Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now God is saying Christ in heaven is constantly praying for you. Christ is constantly praying for you. Praying for what? Praying that you get saved? No. You have already been saved if you genuinely have turned to Christ for salvation and depend on that. You become a child of God. What Christ is praying every moment of the day for His people, you and I, is this part. Is this part. All right? He's not praying, oh, please, please, I hope that He's really saved. No. For the believer, he is praying for our ongoing sanctification. Now, if Christ prays for you and I, who are we to say, Lord, I cannot? It is, I will not. I believe not. I do not want. That is the problem. So, for Christian, assurance of salvation is very crucial. Once you make clear your salvation, then you live for Christ 100%. I asked a Christian once, why would you not live a committed and consecrated life to Christ? His answer was this. Actually, the real reason is I'm not very sure if I'm going to heaven. So what's the point of giving up everything in life and live for Christ? Because I'm not sure. I just hope. You see, that is the problem because salvation to many is just whether I am going to heaven. Settle that once and for all. Let us pray.